Thank you very much for having me today. Um, so I'm Fran, I'm the campaign's coordinator at the London Cycling Campaign and um, low traffic neighbourhoods are incredibly important for the London Cycling Campaign. It's one of the reasons why we're so proud that we worked and created this document together with Living Streets to help share information about low traffic neighbourhoods, help give our activists something they could put in the hands of decision makers to clearly and simply explain what they are, explain the benefits and explain for <coughs> officers about how to achieve them. Um, so I'm going to talk very briefly about the specific things around low traffic neighbourhoods that um, benefit cyclists. Um, because, you know, we've, we've heard a little bit already this evening, and as many of you will know, when you reduce motor traffic, when you reduce the dominance that vehicles have on our streets, you get all of these wonderful benefits for everyone in terms of reducing air pollution, reducing noise, you have opportunities to create public space, but you also give huge choices to people who live in those areas for active travel, and that's incredibly important. Um, so... Just want to talk very quickly about barriers to cycling. So um, they're varied and many, but one of the key uh, barriers to cycling is concerns about safety. So you know we're often told, oh well, if you go down the back streets, they're quiet, it's lovely. But with apps like Google Maps and Waze, our quiet streets are increasingly not quiet, especially as cars and traffic are directed down them to cut. 30 seconds off a journey. It's not okay. <laughs> and it means that our quiet ways look a little bit like this sometimes. Uh, this is Quiet Way 5. This is where Fentiman Road, which is a massive rat run, cuts right across the quiet way, makes it really dangerous. And this is where, you know, we're meant to be sending our less confident cyclists. So it's not ideal. Um, but it's also not appropriate to put physically protected cycle tracks on every single road in London. It's not going to work. Um, and so we need to work out how do we make these environments safe for cycling, it's, uh, attractive for cycling, comfortable for everyone from kids to grandparents to cycle on without having to make cycle lanes on every single road. And the way to do that is to drastically cut the traffic that's using them, making them access only for residents, making sure that the people who are using those roads want to be on those roads. It's not people cutting through those roads who... Uh, putting all of the impacts of their traffic on roads that they don't live on. Um, so, how low traffic should a low traffic neighbourhood be? Um, so, at the London Cycling Campaign, we have a policy which says that if a road has uh, 2,000 PCUs a day, so that's essentially the volume of traffic that goes down it, per day, um, it should either be segregated for cyclists or the road, uh, the PCUs need to be drastically cut. The Dutch Crow Manual, which is sort of the gold standard of cycling standards, goes even lower and says the PCUs need to be 1,500 or you segregate or cut them. Now, this is our standard, this is what we push for when we respond to schemes, but we're uh, realising and we want to do a bit more research on this, but we're realising that actually to get the range of people cycling that you'd want to see in a low-traffic neighbourhood, to get the sort of indicator species, as you will, the kids, the, the older people, the, the women <laughs> cycling, um, it needs to be much less than 2,000 PCUs. Um, 
Clyde might, uh, Clyde from Waltham Forest is here, he might correct me on some of these stats. But um, we believe that in the Waltham Forest Village scheme, which is one of the first and hugely successful, through the filtering that they have done, over 12 roads, um, less uh, seven of those roads were cut well below 1,000 passenger car units per day. Only one was between 1,000 and 2,000, and only two stayed over 2,000. And the levels of cycling, the levels of walking, the complete transformation of Waltham uh, Forest Village has been down to it being dramatically lower than 2,000 PCUs. So that's kind of, we want less than 1,000 PCUs as our standard. So filter placement is also quite interesting. Um, you can do a lot when you're placing filters on roads. So not only can you um, create public space, which you can use for seating, for art, for the community, for greening, um, but you can also improve safety by your filter placement. So this one, it's not the best picture because it's dark, but I have shamelessly nicked all of my pictures from E17 modal filters, which you should follow if you want to see lots of glorious photos of modal filters. Um, so this one, they place the filter at the edge of the cell, so you've got the main road going along the back there, and that's the filter. What that's enabled Waltham Forest to do is just extend the pavement the whole way across the mouth of the road there, and you've got the cycle lane, which also extends the whole way across the mouth of the road. It reduces turning movements, which makes the cycle lane a lot safer, and the pavement a lot safer, and it just makes the whole, um, it just means that when you're thinking about placing your filters, you can get huge benefits of where you put them. So that's quite important as well. Um, and Chris touched on this briefly around low traffic neighbourhoods that you build a network very quickly. Um, the Mayor's Transport Strategy has a stat which uh, an aim, a goal, which is that 70% of Londoners will live within 400 metres of high-quality cycle network by 2041. That's a big goal, considering what our network looks like at the moment. And again, that network isn't going to be made up of physically protected cycle tracks on every single road. It's going to be made up of quiet residential streets where people can cycle safely and comfortably. And once you start building these low-traffic neighbourhoods in, and then getting the crossings between those low-traffic neighbourhoods right, you start building a network very quickly. That means that someone can get out their home, pick up their bike, and go from A to B, knowing that they don't have to do the detour because there's a nice little cycle crossing down the road, or they don't have to swing this way because they know that if they go that way, they can get over the bridge. They just cycle. And that means they get to where they're going, A to B, without having to worry that they're going to come across something that they are not comfortable cycling on. Um, for anyone who's taken the, the wonderful trip to the Netherlands, you'll know that the cycle um, directions, the way that you navigate around the Netherlands is by following the signs to the places. So you don't have to search, following the signs to the places. So you go out the door and you go, I want to go to Croydon Town Centre. The sign for Croydon Town Centre says that way, so I go that way. You don't have to stick to a particular route. You don't have to look out for the signs that are going to send you round the houses all the way there. You get on your bike and you go, and you're safe in the knowledge that you're going to get there. And that's what we want to do, and that's what low-traffic neighbours help us to do really easily and really cheaply. Um, the technical term for that is porosity, by the way. You want it? <laughs> porosity. So porous, porous cells. Um, and that was it.
So uh, thank you. Thanks. Thanks.